From APM Reports, this is the Educate Podcast, a collaboration with the Heckinger Report. I'm Stephen Smith. Oh, yeah. Now my daughter's got her hands covered in glue. Go wash your hands, man. Go wash your hands. It's 10 o'clock on a weeknight, and Leslie Williams is talking to us via Skype as she winds down her day at home with her kids. No, you're not laying in the bed with glue on your hands. No. (laughs) Leslie lives in Birmingham, Alabama, in a subdivision known as North Smithfield Manor. She grew up here, moved away for college, and came back a few years ago with her three kids. They're living with her parents until she can save enough to buy her own house. And... The only place that I could consider at least starting before we got our own place was back in my home neighborhood of North Smithfield Manor because of the school system connected to it. I knew that my kids would be getting a good education. North Smithfield Manor is a quiet, predominantly African-American community on the outskirts of Birmingham. Since 1971, school buses have arrived in North Smithfield Manor to take kids to the nearby Gardendale schools. Gardendale is a mostly white city 15 minutes north of Birmingham. It's where Leslie Williams went to high school. Kids are bused because of a federal school desegregation order that requires the school system, the Jefferson County School District, to maintain racial integration. But six years ago, a group of parents in Gardendale decided they no longer wanted students from North Smithfield Manor and several other mostly black parts of Jefferson County to attend the schools in Gardendale. The parents started an effort to break off from the Jefferson County schools and form their own district. The district they proposed would be 80% white. Leslie's kids would end up at schools that serve more black and poor students than the schools in Gardendale and have far lower test scores. I just want my children to go to the best school possible. If what Gardendale is offering is the best, then that's where I want them to go. And I want them to be in an environment where they can learn. But lots of black families are being locked out of the best public schools in Jefferson County because white communities are breaking away to create their own school districts. Since busing began there in 1971, 12 mostly white communities in Jefferson County have formed their own school districts. Every time one of these districts breaks off from the county district, they're leaving behind a county district that's blacker and with less resources. My name is Emmanuel Felton. I am a staff writer at the Heckinger Report. Emmanuel Felton met Leslie Williams when he was in Alabama for a story on why schools in Alabama are becoming more racially segregated. To understand what's happening, we first need to take you back to 1954. Nineteen fifty-four is when the U.S. Supreme Court issued its landmark decision, Brown versus Board of Education. The court ruled that racially segregated schools are inherently unequal, and specifically that, quote, segregation of white and colored children in public schools has a detrimental effect upon the colored children. Schools in Alabama and across the South were slow to respond to the Brown decision, very slow. By 1965, 11 years after Brown v. Board, Jefferson County schools had still done nothing to desegregate. So the Federal Department of Justice intervened and issued a desegregation order. It issued desegregation orders across the country. So what we saw in the South was the heavy hand of the federal government crafting district lines to sort of erase this dual system that Southern districts had imposed for decades. Reporter Emanuel Felton says, under the watchful eye of the federal government, schools began to integrate in earnest. In 1968, almost 80 percent of black students in the South went to highly segregated schools. By 1980, it had flipped. Close to 80 percent of black students in the South went to integrated schools. 
But ever since Brown, some white communities have been breaking away from their school systems. It's been a topic of discussion among parents in Gardendale, Alabama, since busing began. And then in the 1980s, the nearby city of Hoover broke away. And then once Bush got in office, George W. Bush, um, we saw two more towns in the early 2000s, Trussville and Leeds, break off and form their own district. So Gardendale is watching all of this. And there's been this pressure growing on places like Gardendale to follow suit. Now, an important thing to remember is that it is illegal to form a school district with the goal of keeping out one race or another. But Emanuel says that by the late 1980s, the federal government had pretty much stopped enforcing desegregation orders. When judges did step in, they often sided with the districts where school segregation was getting worse. Think of all those districts in Jefferson County that had broken away. Federal courts had approved all of that. In 2011, a group of parents in Gardendale thought it was time for their community to form its own district, too. Gardendale is our home. We enjoy a quality of life known by few others in Alabama. But Gardendale is at a crossroads. This is from a TV ad paid for by a group called Focus Gardendale. The group was created to convince voters to approve a property tax increase needed to form a separate Gardendale school district. A yes vote on November 12th will mean that our schools are controlled by a Gardendale school board and superintendent who are acting in the best interests of Gardendale students. One of the parents who started Focus Gardendale is David Salters. So we're approaching um, a project. Mm -hmm. Salters took a manual on a driving tour. So here's the, here's the project. Oh, yep. Now, it's been renamed a couple times over the years. When, when my parents lived here, it was called Central City. It was an hour of the city. Yep. Now, they've demolished those. and, and So we got in his truck, and we drove around Birmingham. And what he shows me are the um, housing projects and the apartment complexes and the homes that his family, his aunts and uncles, his own parents lived in that meant a lot to him as a kid. David Salter's kids go to the public schools in Gardendale. He says as other cities have broken away to create their own districts, the quality of the schools in Jefferson County have eroded. David was born in Birmingham in 1972, just as school desegregation was beginning to fuel white flight from the city. David's family eventually moved out to Morris, a working-class city in North Jefferson County, where David graduated from a nearly all-white high school in 1991. As white families like David's moved out of the city, many parts of Birmingham fell into disrepair and neglect. Uh, so this is Phillips High School? Right. Okay. What and he's showing me is blocks and blocks of uh, um, blighted worked. property. Yeah. And I think it really spoke to his own fear about Gardendale. Like, he kept telling me that, like, people will just leave. David Salter is afraid that what's happened to these Birmingham neighborhoods will happen to Gardendale, and he's worried about the quality of the Gardendale schools. He says that's why he helped start the Focus Gardendale campaign. One of the things that I told people really on the campaign trail was, if you think that your kid is going to graduate Gardendale and go to one of the big three, which would be Alabama, Auburn, or UAB, you're mistaken, because the standards have risen so much. And then the product of Jefferson County is not, for me personally, not adequate for our children. And I say our, our children, any, any child, get a real fair shake at getting into the state public schools. And they feel like the opportunities that they had are slipping away from their kids. They look across the county to more affluent towns that broke off in the 50s and 
60s and 70s and they say like that's what we want to be we want to be we want to provide the sort of schooling that those places provide for leslie williams the mom you met at the beginning of this podcast gardendale's effort to break away and create a separate mostly white school district smacks of racism but david salter says he's just trying to prevent white families from leaving the county and if you looked at white flight i'm trying to stop it and I will tell you, being painted as a racist or someone that had poor intentions is one of the greatest grievances of my life because I put my heart and soul into this thing. But there were enough questions about the racial implications of what Gardendale was trying to do to get the attention of the federal government. Lawyers with the Department of Justice filed a brief to block the Gardendale parents from forming their own school district. This was during Barack Obama's administration. And the Justice Department said letting small, predominantly white cities form their own districts was resegregating schools and harming black students. This was kind of a surprise to the focused Gardendale folks, since the federal courts had allowed so many separations to go through. In a brief, the Gardendale School Board argued that the 1971 desegregation order in Jefferson County is no longer necessary. The judge overseeing the case, Madeline Heikala, disagreed. She issued this endless, it's 190-page long opinion, and a lot of it is scathing towards Gardendale residents like David. Here's a reading of part of that opinion. The Supreme Court's holding in Brown is simple and unaffected by the passage of time. When black public school students are treated as if they are inferior to white students, and that treatment is institutionalized by state or municipal action, the resulting stigma unconstitutionally assails the integrity of black students. That racial stigma is intolerable under the 14th Amendment. That was true in 1954, and it is true today. For black children who waited until 1865 to be recognized as United States citizens and then waited until 1971 to be admitted into white classrooms in Jefferson County public schools, the 46-year-old desegregation order in this case must seem relatively young. In her decision, the judge proceeds to highlight school desegregation cases that have come before the federal courts since 1954. It's as if she's taking us to school and showing us why these cases still matter. Yeah, so it's 190 pages, really, of that, of, like, laying out why she thinks this was racially motivated, the the uh, effort to break off and form their own school district. Um, but then at the end, there's this 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 twist. The twist? Judge Heikkila ended up ruling in favor of the Gardendale School Board. The Gardendale parents could form a separate school district. And uh, the reason she laid out was that, one, she understood the merits of local control, but two, she said that she was worried that the black students and Gardendale schools would be targeted if she didn't give Gardendale its own district. Targeted for what? For, for violence? Um, yeah, I mean, targeted for retribution. I mean, it's sort of like a... It's interesting. Yeah, she just says targeted. Um, but I don't know how else to read that. Judge Heikkila was careful to note in her opinion not every Gardendale resident who supported the secession did so for racist reasons. The federal court has given Gardendale a kind of provisional permission to form its own school district. This fall, it was allowed to take control of two elementary schools. But Judge Heikkila ruled that if the Board of Education wants to operate the Gardendale Middle and High Schools, it will have to develop a desegregation plan that gets approved by the court. One of the compromises that's been made in all of this is that Gardendale has agreed to allow some predominantly black communities to keep sending their kids to the Gardendale schools. 
One of those communities is North Smithfield Manor, the subdivision where Leslie Williams lives. The catch is that those communities won't actually be part of the Gardendale School District. The school board could decide at some future point to stop allowing those kids to attend Gardendale schools. That worries Leslie. She says she'll continue to send her kids to the Gardendale schools, but she knows the rug could be pulled out from under them at any time. She went to Gardendale High School in the 1990s, during what turns out to have been a relatively brief period of time when schools across the South were integrated. Leslie's parents went to all-black schools. They talk about what I have to do with my children. You have to let them know. It's sad to say, don't get comfortable. Those same people that are smiling in your face, playing with you, one day might be the ones that keep you from where you want to be, just because of who you are, just because of the color of your skin. And that's basically the narrative that we have to tell our children. Don't get comfortable. And it shouldn't be that way, but it is. And it's sad. Racism is not inherited, it's learned. When Brown versus Board of Education was decided, the Supreme Court focused on the damage that segregated schools do to kids of color in terms of their sense of self-worth. In the decision, Chief Justice Warren wrote that separate schools generate a feeling of inferiority in black children that, quote, may affect their hearts and minds in a way unlikely ever to be undone. Since then, researchers have documented all kinds of benefits of integrated schools for all children. Here's reporter Emmanuel Felton again. We know that not only are black and Latino test scores likely to rise in an integrated school, there are all of these lifelong, really important measures that, like, test scores don't even, like, begin to get at. Like, black folks are more likely to live longer and healthier lives, less likely to be incarcerated as an adult, less likely to live in a high-poverty, highly segregated neighborhood. And on the flip side, we also see these, like, really important benefits for white kids as well. Like, less likely to hold racial animus, um, more likely to live in an integrated neighborhood as an adult. The percentage of black students attending segregated schools in the South has been steadily increasing. Today, more than a third of black students attend segregated schools. The countywide school district has lost thousands of white students in recent years. Back in 2000, about 75% of the students were white. After the recent wave of communities seceding from the district, only about 40% of students are white. Emmanuel Felton says the federal government's retreat on desegregation is a main factor. Last year, the Government Accountability Office issued a scathing report chiding the Justice Department for not even tracking basic details about the districts that remain under order. This is an example of the federal government giving up on what we know works. And what we know works is integration works. Emmanuel Felton is a reporter with our partner, The Heckinger Report. You can find a link to his article about Jefferson County, Alabama on our website, educatepodcast.org. That's it for this episode. We'd love to hear from you, so send us a note to contact at apmreports.org. Tell us what you think about the podcast and what stories you'd like to hear. And if you missed the release of our recent documentaries on education, be sure to go back and give them a listen. They're all on the podcast. And you can also catch them on public radio stations nationwide throughout the fall. The Educate podcast is produced by Suzanne Pico, who's leaving us after many years of fantastic service. Thank you, Suzanne, and good luck. 
It's edited by Chris Julin. Our senior producer is Emily Hanford. Special thanks to Natalie Jablonski. And thanks, as always, to our partner, The Heckinger Report, a nonprofit independent news organization focused on inequality and innovation in education. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.